Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short and I'm joined here as always by Drew Silva. We are live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. Uh, Feel free to submit questions and we'll try to get to some in the next half hour or so. We're doing the show Thursday night, just in case you're getting the show in the usual podcast form, but uh, we're likely going to make these live broadcasts a regular thing moving forward every Thursday night. Uh, We had Sarah Langs of MLB.com on our first live show two weeks ago, and today we have our NBC Sports Edge colleague and fellow Circling the Bases podcast host, Chris Crawford, with us. Found grade. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that. I am definitely a downgrade to Sarah. She does tremendous yes. work. But <laughs> well, that's why you're here. Uh, and also, we're just kind of lazy, so <laughs> that's that's definitely part of it. But uh, I, I think this was an appropriate break, week to bring you on, Chris, because uh, the minor league season is starting. Uh, thank God, after no minor league season last year. And uh, Chris, just I, I see a real smiley face with you. Like you froze up for a second there, uh, but you're you're back now, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, minor league season is off and running. So we're going to talk a little bit about prospects as we get into the show. And if you have any questions, um, feel free to drop those, whether it's prospects or anything else, fantasy, uh, and we'll be happy to answer those. Uh, but I guess. We'll start with some random topics and then just jump into the prospects, I guess. The big news of the day, of course, is that Francisco Lindor got a hit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, To me, in my world, that was the big news of the day. Uh, But in the baseball world, the the big news, Albert Pujols released by the Angels. Quite the shocker. I, I guess from a baseball perspective, not shocking. Probably the right move, but... Obviously, kind of caught everybody off guard. Whoa, I see two Chris Crawfords here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's too much. We only want one. We only want one Chris Crawford. Sorry, guys. That's. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot of Chris Crawford. I mean, the, the one Chris Crawford is a lot of Chris Crawford. Two Chris Crawford. Like he, he was playing zone defense on us. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I was in I was in the one three one overload and uh, I was playing so, in the high post. Uh, uh, in case you missed it, Chris, uh, we're starting to talk about Pujols being released by the Angels and how it's like the right baseball move, but still caught a lot of people off guard yeah. to happen. You know, a month into the season, do we think this is it for Pujols, or do you think he ends up somewhere else here? Uh, I hope he ends up somewhere else. It's just hard to find a real fit. I mean, it's he's been a Below average is kind of an understatement hitter over the last four or five years. So it's just really about finding a team that has one, a, a fit in the at first base for him, or maybe needs a has enough depth to have a right handed hitting against lefties DH. But that's really hard to find. I mean, even with 26 roster spots, it's really hard for me to find Pujols. I certainly don't think he's signing with the contender. But at this point, if he does sign, and I hate this term, it's almost like a publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. And he's my favorite player of all time, just being a Cardinals fan. And sure. those 11 years, maybe the best 11 offensive years in baseball history. And the Cardinals only paid him about $105 million to, to do that, which is, right. you know, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't wind up re-signing him. I know they made a, a big play at the end before he signed sure. with the Angels. And sentimentally, back if I take myself back to 2011, I was – working for Roto World, now NBC Sports Edge, and I was really upset about it. I had to write the blurb about when he signed with the Angels. And, oh, wow. And, I mean, looking back, it was a great thing that the Cardinals let him walk there. Um, I, I don't – I could maybe see a situation where he signs – they don't really do this in baseball, like signs a one-day contract at most, and the car, like, well, like with the Cardinals just to retire as a Cardinal. But I mean, the reports that were coming out were that, that, that he – asked for his release because he wasn't going to be playing against a left-hander Ryan Yarbrough the other night against the Rays. Um, and I mean, it, to me, it, it seems like that's, I don't know, that's a lot for him to think that he should be starting at all necessarily, right. especially over Jared Walsh, who's had a great start to the season and who we really liked as a sleeper. Um, so I don't, I don't really understand that. I, I mean, the, uh, MLB.com's Mark Feinstein, who broke the news first, suggested the White Sox. I don't see that. Like Jose Abreu and your mean Mercedes hasn't – I mean, he's slowed down a little bit, but he's still been a fantastic option at DH for them and certainly better than Albert Pujols at this point in his career. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it happening necessarily. I think once he passes through waivers, which he will because he's making $30 million and then, you know, becomes a free agent, I think he might linger on that market for a bit. I've seen the A's floated as a possibility. I don't necessarily understand that. Um, I don't. I think definitely not a National League team because how can you waste a roster spot on a guy who's maybe going to take one at bat a, a night? Yeah, I, I'm not seeing it. Um, the Reds are going to be without Joey Votto for a few weeks. They don't really have anybody to fill in at first base. It's possible. Uh, I, I will not stand for that. <laughs> <laughs> and another NL Central team, the Brewers, they just demoted Keston Hira. I'm, mean, leave, I'm leaving the podcast. Well, <laughs> I, but, you can pretend but your internet froze too, like mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you're wrong. I, I think a National League team, it's really hard to, to see right. that working out. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, and if he if this is it for him, what is he? Uh, six Four. on the all time list in home runs or fifth? Mm-hmm. Sixth. Sixth. I mean, and just thinking back, like, I, it's been such a long time since he's been the great version of Albert Pujols. It's easy to forget. But 
for a time, like he was the most feared hitter in the sport. His Absolutely. numbers were insane. He was above what Mike Trout is doing. And just, just from like a personal anecdotal standpoint, when he was on the Cardinals and he was up to bat, you knew something good was going to happen. And yeah. and that was – so he debuted in 2001. I was like a freshman in high school. And so I'm really starting to understand baseball and getting into it. Like I read Moneyball, um, starting to understand baseball and watching him for those 11 years and knowing every time he came to the plate, like something you had to watch because something there was a better than 35% chance that something cool was going to happen. And when, once he left, I kind of realized personally, like, Oh, that's a very rare thing to have a player on your team. Even the best player on your team, even a guy that might become a hall of famer one day, you don't have that expectation in baseball. Like it's, it's a, sport where you fail most a, a large majority of the time even if you're mike trout yeah. um so yeah i mean he was his first 11 years I'm, i have a friend my friend phil we made a pact when we met each other in college that w- we will be in cooperstown for albert pool's retirement ceremony and maybe he goes in with yadi or molina i don't think yadi will be a first ballot guy though so probably not but yeah we were just texting before we got on the show like Hey, let's look into Airbnb's 2026 in Cooperstown. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm busy that day. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be. You weren't, in, you were not invited. If, if you <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was going the other way around, just thinking about covering your ship. But uh, <laughs> well, you definitely know where that's going now. Um, I think, uh, I think Matt Williams tweeted a very interesting stat. Like he's hitting 298. And he hasn't hit 298 for like 11 years, Mm. which just shows you how good he was at average. I mean, you remember the jokes about Matt Wieters being Joe Maurer with power? Albert Pujols was Wade Boggs with power, which is basically makes you one of the greatest players of all time. His stats will never come close to being indicative of just how dominant he was with the Cardinals. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's sad that his career batting average dipped below 300, honestly, because yeah. He was like a 330 hitter for the first 11 years of his career. But, but again, I mean, the Cardinals got a, a heck of a bargain on that. Without question. Maybe one of the best bargains in modern baseball history. Because he signed that 100, it was like a $100 million extension right before his like second year of arbitration. You get right. 10 years, $100 million. And I mean, maybe Ronald Acuna will come close if he stays healthy. To, sure. Which is, That's the first name that came up in my mind, too. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of sad because we're talking about 10 years later he signed that. Thing. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking about, like, since Bonds, who is, like, the hitter who would stride up to the plate that you are most fearful of? For me, it was like it was Pujols as, like, yeah. a young Mets fan. One um, thing, I, and I think Rotopat tweeted this about Lindor because the Mets and Cardinals just played four games. It's weird to have Lindor come up because I watched all of those four games, and it's weird to have Lindor come up and not be fearful at all of him. Yeah. You know, he's just in a weird slump yeah, uh, yeah. To, to begin the season. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's Trout. I honestly don't watch a ton of Trout games because they're, they're in Anaheim unless – and I don't really cover West Coast recaps for us. Um. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to compare. Man, I've had so many great memories. Like I, I, I wanted to like tweet something more sub, substan, 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 substantial, substantial. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's the word. you know ab- about. Sure. I, I was just so busy today that I like didn't have an opportunity to to really reflect on it. But 
I mean, the, the playoff games, the three-homer World Series game against the Rangers, the, the Lidge homer, obviously, even though the Cardinals wound up losing that series. Um, I was a, a sophomore in college when that happened and was, like, with a bunch of St. Louis kids, and we just, we decided we were going to, like, just drink beers and dance all night until the next game started. We made nice. it to, We made it till about 7 a.m. Nice. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, really, he, he was the – the Frank Thomas and for me, like, like in terms of uh, emotional need, uh, he was the Edgar Martinez, but I'll readily admit that Albert Pujols is a much better hitter than Edgar Martinez, but Albert Pujols never said you were a cool grandson. So it's <laughs> kind of a, kind of a fair trade off, but yeah, uh, one of the truly great players of all time. And I hope we get a better send off than we did today. Yeah. I said uh, earlier today on Twitter, and I think I've said this before, not an original thought necessarily, but like, the All-Star game should be an opportunity to like celebrate yeah. the legends. 100%. And, and there should be like a legend spot on each All-Star game roster. And that's the way I was like, man, Pujols should like go out that way. Like, I know we're celebrating Henry Aaron at this year's All-Star game as well, but like, why not put Pujols on that stage, give him a bat and acknowledge like everything that he's done instead of being like kind of more of the diminished player he is now. I love that idea. Yeah, me too. All right, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I think I feel like MLB would be like, okay, like let's yeah. do that. Like I feel like why not? It's just the freaking All Star game. Like who cares? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it should be an exhibition. Like a it should be a, a spectacle. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that it didn't used to be that for that short time that game oh, actually meant something? It's it's so ridiculous. And I still watch the All Star game because I like watching good players play baseball. Yeah. But for it to have any significance whatsoever on the regular season is just really bizarre yeah no doubt um so let's let's get into the minor league stuff um and you actually did a bunch of updates uh in our player news feed today uh for you know the minor league season kicking off one good way to follow all that stuff is to get our new player news app our nbc sports edge app it's it's really simple it's like what we do best our player news feed you can set alerts for certain players Jared Kelnick, when he gets called up, you'll get the alert on your phone, which is going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely go check it out. It's in the Apple App Store, the Google Play App Store as well. So yeah, uh, Chris, uh, I guess to start with here, we can kind of talk a little bit about names that could make an impact soon. I feel like that's half of like the questions that I get uh, in sure. my weekly chat is like, Right. Should I stash Logan Gilbert or, you know, whatever. So like, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Now that the season's underway there, I think we know we're going to see Jared Kalnick soon, but like, what are some of the other names that we should anticipate in the weeks ahead? Sure. So if I was thinking about this actually earlier today, and if I'm playing in a redraft league with 12 teams, there are four prospects on my top 10 that I'm stashing for sure. One is Jared Kalnick. Another is Wander Franco. The third actually just got called up, but it was Daniel Lynch. Yeah. And then the fourth is Logan Gilbert, because I think all of those guys are going to make not only a substantial impact, I think they're going to make a substantial impact soon, especially Franco. With I know Willie Adamas homered and doubled like right after I recorded a video asking mm-hmm. whether or not Willie Adamas could turn things around. That's just how it works. You're welcome, Willie. But <laughs> he the, just being bluntly honest with you, Wander Franco is a better player than Willie Adamas. And I know that's saying a lot for a guy who has been close to a five-win player at times, 
but he's a better player. He's a better defensive player, in my opinion. I think he has more of a chance to make an impact than stolen bases. I think he can hit for a much higher average. I mean, if, if any prospect has an 80 to tool, hit tool, it's Wander Franco. So I, I think that impact can be substantial. Kellenic, you know, there's some questions about how much ceiling he has, but his floor is so high. Like, this is a guy who can hit 300, uh, rate of about 25 to 30 homers, rate of about 15 to 20 steals, playing on a lineup that's not going to give him a ton of chance for run production. I think we've seen that the Mariners lineup is pretty light, but I think he's going to make a huge impact. And Logan Gilbert is a starting pitcher that has swing and miss stuff and a chance to be a really solid starting pitcher for a team that needs it. They're starting Eric Swanson right now. So all four of those guys, I would be surprised if they're not up by the end of May. I don't know a ton about Gilbert, but I remember people talking in the spring about how his like extension is, yeah. is like incredible. Can you kind yeah, of explain absolutely. that, what that means? Sure. So so he is a guy who are, has prototypical height, and he also gets downhill playing. Like, the fastball is getting on hitters very quick. And when it's 95 to 97, it's already quick. But the fact that it's getting out so much quicker than a normal pitch would be, hitters have very little time to make up their mind on it. And they also have to be cognizant of an above-average slider and above-average change. So you really can't sit on the fastball. And if you get going too quick – you're going to be made to look quite the fool. It's something that's really, really beneficial to him. I do think it's interesting that this is another Stetson arm. Uh, three of the best uh, pitchers uh, that I've scouted, really, Jacob deGrom, Corey Kluber, and uh, oh, yeah. and Logan Gilbert, all coming from that same school, which has not produced a whole heck of a lot of other talent. Right. But those three are pretty good to hang their heads on. But, but yeah, Gilbert, it's just a matter of, because of the Kevin Mather comments, especially, they're going to have to have these guys play some minor league games. I would imagine he takes a couple turns in the rotation, and if he's as good as everybody thinks, he'll be right up to start. Even even with the six-man rotation, I think there's definitely a chance that Gilbert is beneficial and helps fantasy rosters. What do you think about um, Bobby Witt Jr.? <laughs> so this is an interesting one because I think if you look at my top 100 prospects, he's ranked third. So obviously I like him quite a bit overall. But I have some real questions about whether or not he can help this year. And don't look at the stats right now because those don't matter. He is one for 10 to begin the year, but that's not – I mean, that's such a small sample. It's ridiculous to even bring it up. But he's stolen a couple of bases. He is a guy who has five-plus tools across the board. I could see him being a very, very good fantasy player, but I think it's more for 2022. Maybe he gets that call-up uh, and gets a chance to be – you know, that that bench bat. We've seen Kansas City be fairly aggressive with call-ups before, yeah. but I imagine, especially with the lost season last year, and, you know, it's tough to say what exactly the alternate side equates to because it's just there's no way to really know. But with that lost season, I imagine Kansas City really doesn't want to rush this kid because he's very important for their future. I mean, Kansas City has a lot of good pitching prospects, but Bobby Witt has a chance to be a special baseball player. I just think it's more likely to contribute in 2022. He's 20 years old. So I, when the, right. when the talk started this spring about Dayton Moore saying, you know, but I, I like Dayton Moore's comments. I remember he was like, well, think about if you're his dad and like you feel like your kid is ready for the majors. Sure. You know, he deserves to be called up, which I appreciate when, when Dayton Moore says that kind of thing. Like he, he seems like a really thoughtful guy that doesn't necessarily play the service time game. Like you, like you mentioned, they they're aggressive with, Guys, they feel are ready, but there's. I don't think there's any reason to really rush Bobby with Jr. I mean, the Royals have been a nice surprise this year. You you never really know. Nice surprise. I could right. see them, you know, pushing some buttons. I wasn't expecting yeah. Daniel Lynch to come up this soon. Were you? 
I, I thought he was going to be up right around June, so it's a little earlier, but I, I do get your point. Like, it's weird to see a guy make the debut without any minor league games for 2021. Like, that yeah. again, alternate site stuff, and we don't know exactly what's going on there. We get some reports from beat writers. You have to take those with a big old grain of salt because you just don't really know what is 100% accurate and yeah. what they're working right. on in those games. But I was surprised to see him called up. And I know he wasn't great in his debut, but I thought I, we saw enough flashes there to suggest that he can really pitch. I mean, that Cleveland lineup is, I think, a little better than we gave it credit for. Uh, and especially against left-handed pitching. Like they're like guys like Jordan Luplo are basically built to hit left-handed pitching. So uh, And Fred Mill Reyes and guys like that. But I think Lynch is going to have a very nice future. Kansas City's pitching is really impressive. Asalasi and uh, Brady Singer has been better than I think a lot of people thought. Chris Bubeck is interesting. Yeah. Jackson Cower. They're building something special in Kansas City. That's for Brady sure. Singer almost fought Angel Hernandez the other night too. I, which I, I did see that. that does does that give that. him a boost in, in your rankings? <laughs> it, it definitely gives me a boost in my personal rankings. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he stays right around the same in the prospect. Brady Singer is the called strike plus whiff darling right now. Yeah. A lot of a lot of called strikes, but if you look on that leaderboard, he's he's usually pretty high. Um, nice. But yeah, I agree. I think the the Royals are arriving maybe sooner than some of us thought. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean we, that hey, we were high on him on or high on them on, on this podcast. Yeah, least. we liked the lineup. We, we liked the, the lineup. We didn't really believe in the pitching. I still don't really, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's so early. Yeah. You know what's funny though? Just real quick about Kansas City is like. They did so much stuff that you really like. Like they they signed Carlos Santana. They they went out and and made some foos. But they also released Michael Franco for reasons that have nothing to do with his ability on the field. So right. I just bring that up, not to be the necessarily devil's advocate, just to bring up the fact that all baseball teams are kind of evil. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that they're the good guys is a, is a stretch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Benintendi has turned it around recently too, I'm, which is I'm, really Yeah. I'm so glad is, to, I'm so glad to see that because yeah, when he had that bad first 3 weeks or so, it was kind of sure. confirming the idea that like he just he he like I and mean, people were questioning his work ethic when he left Boston right. and stuff like that. And I was like I think he's. I think there's still something there. I mean, he's still a pretty young guy with power and speed and good contact rates. And yeah, I'm glad that it, he's kind of starting to round. And I mean, he's been excellent the last two, almost three weeks. I'm glad to see it for two reasons. One, because like he was the best prospect in baseball not that long ago, so mm-hmm. it doesn't. It makes me feel like I didn't miss something. And also, I have an autograph rookie card that is increasing value. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's just. The, I knew we would talk about baseball cards at some point. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It's so fun. You guys just want to talk baseball cards and I'll check out for a bit. We'll talk to you. Later. I actually got a pack. I got like a at the drugstore. There was like a two pack of tops, like C- uh, series one. So I was nice. like, all right, I'll get it. And I I opened it up and there was like a Cal Ripken through the years card. Oh, that's cool. And it was like it was like certified autograph or whatever. And I was like, oh, I got no. it. And then like I flipped it over and it was like it was like a card of the card. But it yeah. wasn't like a real autograph. And I was like, this is so <laughs> cruel to like do I, that. <laughs> the, the same thing happened to me when I got my first uh, jumbo pack. I had a Mookie Betts that said one of one. And I was like dancing like Drew was around the room. I was so excited with uh, <laughs> to get that. And then you see it's like a facsimile or however right. you pronounce that stupid word. And I'm pretty depressed. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't call a word stupid just because you can't pronounce it. 
the definition of why a word is stupid. I, I, I if I can't pronounce it, it must be stupid. I, I couldn't pronounce speculative earlier, though. That's a, That's tough, a tough one. one. Yeah, when you're doing like a video and like the pressure's on and to say yeah. speculative, I say I can't even do it it's right tough. now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you got to think of an alternate word that's a lot simpler. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Uh, before we continue, though, special offer for our listeners. Use promo code BASES10 for 10% off. Any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge can be either monthly or annual and for any tier. Not only do you get access to our wonderful baseball season tools, but uh, they'll also cover NBA, NHL, NFL. So, you know, training camp for NFL will be here soon enough. That'll be fantasy draft season for uh, football. So uh, you can get coverage for all sports, which is a really cool change with uh, NBC Sports Edge. Plus, so remember, promo code BASES10. You can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash premium to get started. So, Chris, another name that I hear all the time in, like, the chats that I do is Mackenzie Gore. You know, sure. not too – I guess you could still say he's, like, maybe the best pitching prospect. I don't know. But I get that question all the time, people wondering what's the deal there. How come we haven't seen him yet? So, I think he's still the best pitching prospect, and maybe that has a little bit to do with the fact that it's not exactly a loaded field of pitching prospects right now. Some of that because some guys graduated like Ian Anderson and Sixto Sanchez are, you know – Technically, Sanchez is still a prospect, but not really because of, you know, what's going on with that situation. It's tough to define who is and isn't a prospect after this truncated season. But the issue with Gore right now is that the reports I've gotten is that he has a very high leg kick that creates a ton of deception. But right now he's really struggling to repeat that delivery and he's struggling to throw strikes, which is an issue because Mackenzie Gore's stuff is very good. There are four pitches that he has that can miss bats. But one of the reasons why he was considered the top prospect is because he commanded it so well. So the Padres need to make sure that they have this guy right before they call him up. The last couple of reports I've gotten from the from the alternate site, and he'll start making AAA starts soon enough if he hasn't already. I haven't been able to check on that just yet. But the reports are better. Uh, it's just a matter of him getting that timing down. And I think he was one of the prospects who was hurt the most by not having a minor league season because – He does rely on deception so much, and you just can't replicate those 20 to 25 starts you expect from a minor league pitcher. Still have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be a borderline ace going forward, but he's a little tougher to trust this year until we get more reports about him really getting the timing down with that leg kick. I want to get your take on Nate Pearson, too, kind of in the same vein. I know Pearson hasn't appeared yet this year because of an injury, but do you think he's ready to make a fantasy impact? Like, I do. Yeah. I, Pearson's one of my, it's been a longtime favorite of mine. Uh, got really encouraging reports on his first start for AAA Buffalo. Uh, eight strikeouts, three and two thirds innings allowed, one run. It's just a matter of him building up the arm strength now. And I do get that he didn't look great in that 2020 season. I just can't take that sample size serious. Yeah. It's so small. And there were so many things going on. Nate Pearson's stuff competes with any pitcher. It might be the best of any minor league pitcher in baseball right now. 80 fastball, slider that gets 60 to 70 grades on the 2080 scouting scale. It's just a matter of commanding it. But I love Pearson's uh, I love Pearson's stuff. I also love the fact that he's going to get to pitch behind that Blue Jays lineup. I mean, they could hit. And there's some guys that haven't even started hitting yet, and they're still scoring a ton of runs. I think that he's probably somebody that I'm underwriting a little bit in my fantasy list. I have him right below Mackenzie Gore at seven. He probably, thinking long-term about it, belongs at like four or five. Definitely would be looking to add him. It was nicer when he was on the injured list because you could kind of stash him right. that way. 
But even now, assuming you're playing with a, a bench of five people or something like that, I think Nate Pearson is someone I'd rather add too early than have not be able to add at all. So you're mentioning the, you know, last year with the alternate site, a lot of minor leaguers like didn't play. Maybe they played in the yeah. instructional league or whatever the case might be. Uh, sure. So there's this gap year that we don't know how some of these prospects have developed physically or whatever they did on their own. So I think it's going to be a really fascinating year. So like, I want to ask you just like quickly, like a couple of prospects that you are really excited to see, you know, either getting their first chance in pro ball or a prospect you're like excited to catch up with on their progress. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first name that comes to mind is Hunter Green, because this is a guy who apparently was hitting 104 to 105 miles per hour. It doesn't matter if it was 104 or 105. It's fast. <laughs> and what's interesting to me is I was looking at it and this was a guy who was listed in high school and younger that he was like 6'4", 200. He's listed at 6'5", 230 now. That's mm. big boy size. Like that is, uh, he is really put on and it looks good. Like it's not a case where Unfortunately, not to insult the guy, it's not a Luis Gohara situation where, unfortunately, the weight ended up being a negative. He looks strong. And this is, you've got to remember, this was probably a guy who should have been the first overall pick in that draft. It's just there's never been a high school arm, right-handed high school arm that has gone mm -hmm. with the first pick, and there probably never will be. But 80 fastball, 70 slider, and some of the best athleticism of any pitcher, even with that added size. I mean, this guy would have been probably a top 15 pick as a shortstop. Right. Just I was going to say that there was talk yeah. of him being a two-way player potentially, exactly. right? Yeah. And, you know, if he would have been drafted this year or the year before that, maybe they do do that two-way thing. Mm. It's 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 sort of something that's still kind of new. Like Brandon McKay was kind of, even before Otani, that kind of first experiment, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, the, the, he is definitely a guy – like I could see him being the Waskari Noah kidding a couple of grand slam type of things uh, <laughs> when he finally gets that chance. Would not shock me at all if we saw green pitching in 2021. Interesting. Huh? What about Jason Dominguez with the Yankees? <laughs> I know he's, I know he's not going to get a minor league assignment like out of, uh, I guess the alternate site, they're going to put him in extended spring training. I assume eventually he's going to end up at a, at a minor league affiliate at some point. Yeah. I think we're all kind of fascinated to see what, how that turns out. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really interesting situation. And I saw some reports that because the first thing that was announced was that he was going to high A and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this must be something special going on. Because to go from playing no organize, organized baseball all the way to high A, that's just not something you see from somebody his age. It just doesn't happen. Um, the, the thing is, is that they want him to work in center field and he's not ready to do that in major league games. And, you know, that's that's the right thing to do, to have him go work at the alternate site and then probably work in Arizona when all of that stuff opens up. Special talent, a guy who has as much raw power as any outfield prospect in baseball. Uh, good chance to hit for average. Uh, I do have some concern about, like, that guy is ripped, like, very, very large. And he puts up above average run times now. I want to see how that translates because yeah. – and it won't really matter as much in fantasy because if he's playing in the outfield – very few leagues are really going to care if he's playing center field or right field. And he has a very strong throwing arm. So it'll be fine and right. But I'll be interested to see how that goes. We have been burned by this type of prospect before. Let's, uh, let's just be honest. I'm, Kevin, Kevin I'm, I'm worried about it. To be honest. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Like Kevin, Kevin Maton was right. the guy that the, I mean, he was getting Miguel Cabrera cops coming right. out of the Dominican Republic. So I, I totally get it. Um, there is no question. All of the reports I get are that this guy can be, a 70 OFP type player, maybe even an 80 if he maxes out. But there is a long 
long way to go before he's in the major leagues. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Just just turned 18 in February, I think. Like, yeah. And he's a yeah. Yankees prospect. It seems like it's almost bound for disaster. But uh, I mean, look, there, there, like I said, there have been many, many cases of this type of prospect being overrated. But I do think scouting is much better than we had with the Kevin Maton situation yeah. and some of those other international prospects that uh, just flamed out, for lack of a better term. But uh, I think the Yankees player development system is also much better than it used to be. Yeah. And they're, I love that they're being cautious with him. There is absolutely no rush to have somebody, like you said, who just turned 18 to be rushed. There is zero hurry. They almost like need to keep his highlights off social media or something. Just <laughs> yeah. keep him quiet. Well, he's he's going to be the one who has to keep those social media yeah. because yeah. like, I seem to see a video of him looking like a middle linebacker hitting bombs from the left side. Like call him up. Yeah. Judge, yeah. judge sucks. He struck out yeah. six times in a row. <laughs> oh man. I think it's like eight times in a row now, by the way, yeah. but uh, it's, uh, it's just one of those situations where there's always going to be a ton of hype for Yankees prospects. And I do understand that we've been burnt by those type, but this is not a case where it's like just a simple overrating. He can really play. Interesting. So, uh, I guess last question here, since where there is kind of a lot of uncertainty with prospects coming off of a year where there was no minor leagues, like, is there someone you kind of have a hunch about who might not be on a top 100 list right now, but could end up surprising and, and rising pretty high this year? Uh, that's a good question. You know, one name that's not on top 100 prospect list that I think it's easier to list him in fantasy than it is in real life is Mets um, prospect, Kali Ali. I really like his skill set. Uh, plus, plus speed, going to steal a lot of bases, a pretty good defender, still tapping into the power, uh, and shows a good approach at the plate. Like, he's not hit for exactly a ton of average just yet, but his on-base percentages have been solid. So, especially in, like, a in like an OBP league, I think he's a prospect that's like severely underrated. But even in a, a standard 5x5 five five league, I likely – it. I don't think he gets a chance to play this year. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if these injuries keep going for the Mets, yeah. maybe they're going to have to have him play. But I think Khalil Lee is a guy who is being severely underrated in fantasy format. There was talk that he's coming up this weekend. Yes. Possibly. Oh, interesting. I mean, nice. I wrote up that blurb this morning. I think two different Mets beat writers reported it. And, nice. and yeah, I I watched a little bit of his at-bats in spring training, and he, looked, he didn't really look major league ready, but 52 stolen bases and – yeah, 120 games his last full minor league season. Like clearly some speed, which is intriguing. And yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, with Brandon Nimmo possibly being out longer than 10 days, maybe if this index finger contusion lingers, and right, maybe well, he gets a shot. The Mets don't have really any upper level uh, quality outfield depth. Um, right. And, you know, Kevin Pillar and Albert Amora are like one year stop gaps. Michael Conforto sure. is going to be a free agent after the season. Uh, you know, Brandon Nimmo isn't a true center fielder. Like you could see Khalil Lee making an impact there. Um, you know, maybe not this year unless there's a rash of injuries, but certainly, you know, a name to watch for the future uh, for sure. And another thing to keep in mind with Lee, too, is this was a two-way prospect coming out of high school. So hmm. uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be a pitcher. I think that the Royals made the right decision. 5'10", 170, you just don't see a ton of those guys develop as pitchers other than maybe as a relief. But as a guy who has a 55 power and 70 run and really good defender, too. And while that doesn't necessarily help you in fantasy, it kind of does because it means that he can be promoted quicker as not being such a detriment. He would 
pretty easily be the best defender in left field, I think, of what the Mets have right now. That might be darning with faint praise. But yeah, yeah. I really like Lee. I think he is one of the more underrated prospects right now. I think you just um, insulted Dom Smith. I did, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I I am a little mad about Dom Smith getting mad at uh, the whole Philly situation, uh. too. So, But uh, yeah, that, that was a little ridiculous, but I, I still love you, Dom Smith. Before we go, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on St. Louis-style pizza? Uh, I, you know, I've, I've never really heard of it and I haven't really had a chance to ask anyone about it just yet, but, uh, you know what, I'm I'm just telling you right now, I've had four guests in a row and the the reports are becoming more positive. Keith law was not nice. Jake Mintz was even less nice on it. I disagree. I think he was kind of nice. He's one of, he's one of the the St. Louis champions uh, in sports, in baseball media. I think just because he spent four years here in college and I took (laughs) him out to dinner a few times. Yeah. Well, he, I will say this. He, um, I don't think you listened to the report very well. If you think that was a positive report, because he, he, uh, you know, what it on it pretty good. Well, I'll just, I'll just say that. But, he, but. he understood it was an acquire. You know what? I'm going to call you. Okay. That's fair. It definitely. That's what uh, pretty much everybody has mentioned is that it is definitely an acquired taste. I have no interest in acquiring it at this point. DJ is <laughs> not interested in this. Co- I'm going to come on your Wednesday, Thursday show at some point. Sure. Yeah. I've never, uh, I've never been to St. Louis first off. There's a, lot, there's a lot to see here. We've got an arch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Mets broadcasters, Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez, were kind of mocking St. Louis yesterday. They were like, Ooh. you can come here and look at the arch. It, you know and what? That's Keith, about it. <laughs> Keith Hernandez is out of the Cardinals Hall of Fame now. I know he just got <laughs> inducted, but he's gone. What was hilarious about the Keith Hernandez like Hall of Fame thing is like Edward Jones, like the name on the sign is like three times bigger than Keith Hernandez's name. Like, <laughs> what, what is the deal with that? You got to pay the bills, DJ. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It is a little crazy. Anyway, uh, St. Louis, Louis slander on this own my own pod. <laughs> it's 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 funny because like ninety seven percent of Roto World, or excuse me, former Roto World NBC Sports Edge is. St. Louis. So I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm insulting every single person that I work with, but it's fun. It's you, really you do fun. you do keep changing that number. First it was like nine. I do really <laughs> change it. It was fifty percent what Grant Rizzi yeah. yesterday. I change it every time. Uh, not reliable. So Chris, you are like I was saying before we started recording, you are the podcast workhorse for us right now. Uh, so if you want to plug a little bit in case, you know, people have tuned in on Twitch and maybe haven't caught your show. Sure. Yeah. I've been having, uh, some special guests come on. Uh, we've, I've done pretty well. The, the people who hate me the least have come on so far. We had Keith Law and then we had the Suspended Family Barbecue, RJ Anderson and Grant Brisby. Check out the show with Grant Brisby on a Thursday. Really good information. Uh, and uh, because it's the Giants are one of the best surprises. But I host with my good buddy Colin Anderson on Wednesday as well. We give you some fantasy stuff on that. And real quick, I want to promote the season tools a little bit too because I do a list every Wednesday uh, for a season tool subscriber where I update the prospect positional and I have the top 20 prospects at each position in the minors. And also my top 100 is updated every week. So every single week when guys get called up, I'm adding new players to the list and if they – for some reason, get uh, sent back down. I'm adding them to, well, you're not going to find that to, to 
be completely honest, you're not going to find that anywhere else. You're People right. Update their rankings. And I understand why uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but I am better than those people. So <laughs> I do a really good job. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's great stuff. If you play in a dynasty league, I can't imagine uh, not having uh, those season tools because they really, really help. You're very humble as always. Chris. Thank you. You actually are <laughs> humble. The great majority <laughs> of the time. So <laughs> kind of, I, 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 yeah, it's it's a passive aggressive humble, which I didn't know is an actual thing. Yeah. but apparently it is. You're passive aggressively self deprecating somehow. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's exactly. What it is. It's, uh... But if you like what you're hearing with this show, uh, circling the bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're five days a week now, every weekday, and I feel like each show gives you a little bit something different. Uh, so it's not just like, here's what happened last night. Like, let's break it down. Like uh, it's, it's sure. each are kind of different themes and topics and a different mix of hosts. So I think it's really cool. And I, I've really enjoyed listening to everything so far. Uh, Apple podcasts, subscribe there. Also rate and review. If you don't mind, we could always use some more reviews to kind of boost the signal of the show. Follow us on Twitter. If you don't already, I'm at DJ short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Chris is Crawford underscore. M-I-L-B. Yes. Yes. I had to give you a plug as well. Be safe out there, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.